A young woman is watching a pair of royals at work, a king and queen of birds. They step gingerly through a cornfield, searching for food as an autumn rainstorm falls around them. They're in the midst of a journey spanning 2,500 miles, so they'll need all the energy they can get. The birds are a pair of whooping cranes, the tallest birds in North America. The young woman watching them is me. I'm Emma Crab, and this is the season finale of In Our Nature, Nebraska. I first met David Bosch in Fairfield, Nebraska, a tiny, quiet town southeast of Hastings. A few days earlier, a pair of whooping cranes had been spotted in a wetland nearby and David had called me about seeing them in person. So as a rain shower became a drizzle around us, I hopped in his passenger seat and we took to the gravel roads. As we came to a cornfield, two tall birds reached towards the sky. Botch says they almost look otherworldly. They are uh, ghost white other than their black wingtips and a little bit of coloring on their face. They just, uh, they glow. Of course, I was chasing cranes for this podcast and for my own personal interest. David had a job to do. He's the threatened and endangered species specialist with the Crane Trust, a nonprofit that protects and maintains habitat along the Platte River for migrating birds. Part of his job is monitoring the behavior of whooping cranes, who often rest and refuel along the Platte. As we watched the cranes, he explained that a lot of his job is answering his own questions. I'm not, I'm not law enforcement by no means, but uh, what are they doing? Are they eating? Are they loafing? Are they preening? Are they basically just what are they doing? At the same time, David's interest in cranes isn't purely professional. When we sat back down at the crane trust, he told me he grew up around 20 miles away from where we were standing. He wasn't a stranger to the crane migration growing up. In fact, he wasn't amused by any of it. I saw sandhill cranes in the cornfields. I saw the tens of thousands of people from around the world out watching them. I thought that was just the dumbest thing anybody could ever do. However, in grad school, David spent a night in a crane blind watching the migration on the Platte River. Here, he was introduced to the massive migration of the sandhill crane, the whooping crane's well-populated cousin. It changed everything for him. I absolutely understood what they were here for. It is just so magical to see 60 to 100,000 cranes come in right at sunset, to watch them depart the river in the morning, and just the sounds, the sheer beauty of it. David would spend weeks watching the migration, endlessly enchanted by the massive numbers of sandhill cranes. However, the more he watched, the more he began to search for the elusive king of birds. When you go to a blind, there's always a possibility you might see a whooping crane, and that just, that drives me. It absolutely drives me to, to want to be there. If you've ever seen a whooping crane before, whether in person or just in a magnificent photo, David's excitement is easy to understand. We feel ourselves drawn to cranes, their elegance, their tranquility, their assertiveness. 
cranes have an undeniable allure. It's why the Sandhill crane migration in the spring draws people from all around the world. However, for the whooping crane, that same allure has also driven people to greed and overindulgence. Historic records suggest that as many as 10,000 whooping cranes may have once lived in North America. With westward expansion, the ghostly white feathers of whooping cranes became a fashion and luxury sensation. By 1942, there were only 16 migrating whooping cranes left in the world. Today, there are a little over 550 birds that make this journey each year between Alberta, Canada and southern Texas. This group, called the Aransas Wood Buffalo Population, is the only remaining self-sustaining group of whooping cranes. Every time you lose a species, it's something you can't get back. Nevertheless, David says the number of whooping cranes is improving, which is worth recognizing. They've made a great comeback. Still got a long ways to go to recover the species, but uh, they're, they're on their way. At the Crane Trust, David and other members are making the plat a better, safer place for whooping cranes to migrate through. They clear away trees from the river and disc sandbars to ensure the cranes have suitable habitat. They perform research and monitor population sizes. They also introduce the public to cranes in a safe way. To love whooping cranes, we must leave them at a distance. The Crane Trust does not advertise the location of active whooping cranes, and they ask the public to do the same. If you find yourself near a whooping crane, keep a distance of half a mile and don't leave your vehicle. It's tough love, but it gives these birds the best chance of survival. However, there are also many opportunities to visit cranes yourself. Organizations like the Crane Trust have public bridges available for crane viewing, as well as those blinds David mentioned earlier. No matter what you choose, know that the opportunity to see a whooping crane is unlike anything you've ever experienced before. A unique sight of nature, emotion, and beauty, bound together with outstretched wings. If you do happen to see an elusive whooping crane lifting off from the plat, you might be short on words. That's okay. David has a few you can use. Their flight is very graceful. It's amazing to, to see them in flight. They uh, are very majestic birds. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for listening and coming along on this adventure with me through five episodes. If you're hungry for more, I've got behind-the-scene clips from my trip to the Crane Trust on Twitter this week, so make sure to give that a follow. From here, I don't know really what's next, so follow me on social media to keep up. Throughout this podcast, I've gathered my research from Nebraska Game and Parks. For my interviews, I consulted Game and Parks, the UNL College of Natural Resources, Platte Basin Time Lapse, and the Crane Trust. Finally, to my audience, 
It's been amazing to share these stories with you, and I appreciate your time. Thanks for everything.